When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello. How you doing, Nick? I mean, I'm doing well, thanks. You've beaten me to the punch, Jack. Um, because, well, uh, my mic would not let me respond, but it's a, it's, been a, <laughs> it's a good day always when I'm talking tennis with you. Um, and uh, it's, been a, it's been an interesting week, right? Yeah, it has been an interesting week, yeah. I'm pretty excited to talk about it. Some pretty interesting storylines, some stuff that was pretty surprising, other stuff that um, maybe was less surprising. Maybe that'll be the talking point. What is the surprising stuff? What did you find surprising? What did I find surprising? Mm. There's some stuff that I was like, that's not a surprise to me. Mm. And other people probably did find it surprising. So anyway, yeah, it'll be interesting. I don't think there's many surprises in terms of maybe the capability of players, but maybe the stories are... Uh, from the week, players finding form again, uh, such as the winner of um, Tokyo, uh, which obviously took place this morning, our time. Um, But uh, that was uh, Veronika Kuzabatova winning her second career WTA 500 title, um, beating Jessica Bagula in the final, having disposed of Iga Sviantek in the quarters and Anastasia Pavlyuchenkova in the semis. Mm -hmm. Uh, yeah, um, Kutubatova, after having some good results up until Berlin, and I think an injury may have derailed things a little bit for her and she lost quite a lot of form, um, suddenly burst back onto the scene and she's got quite a decent top 10 record from this year now. Actually, I've not even seen the record, actually. No, do care to um, I saw some tweets about it. I believe, I think from, I think she's kind of like, I, I don't know remember the numbers, but I remember seeing it's pretty much a 50-50 ratio. Really, Jesus! She, maybe she's got a better record against the top ten than she does against any of the other members of the WT ranked players. Because honestly, her year's been her year's been pretty up and down. And there's been so many losses that have just made people think. I mean, what is what's going on with her? Is there something wrong with her? Like, what's happening? I'm actually going to look it up now because I, I am intrigued. Next, I can see a six-three against the top ten this year. That's an amazing yeah. record, of course. I think uh, maybe I've seen the, an all-time figure or something, but. Um... And then yes. higher, yeah, higher ranked than uh, 10, she's got a worse winning percentage. So there you go. <laughs> she's actually losing more matches to non-top 10 ranked players uh, this mm. year. I do think, if, if I remember correctly, Berlin, there was an injury after she played Sabalenka. 
um, which had of course a withdraw against Alexandrova. Um, and yeah, from there on, she just wasn't herself until suddenly this week. And um, yeah, she's run to a second 500 title, which is pretty impressive. Very few players, you can say very few players have got multiple of those, even if it is her best result of her career. Um, yeah, so she's been something like Ange Fiontech this year as well. Yeah. Do you know what I've got in my head though? So even at, actually looking at Kudimitova's year, it's not been terrible. It's like semis yeah. in Madrid, semis in, in Rome. Great clay court season, decent start to the grass season. Yeah, yeah. And obviously she she got the um well, she got the title this week, she got the final and then Sir Sir Sittergenbosch. Uh pardon my my German my Dutch. Oh my god. Well you get the idea. You know what I mean? It's late. Point, point is the reason I had this kind of feeling in my head that she didn't have a good year is because her slam record has been atrocious. I mean she's she, she's won what one, two, three matches in slams this year. Um, going out in the second round or the first round, every event, every time there's been a big pressure match, it feels like she's not really delivered. I don't think that's unfair to say. Just thinking about those matches, it does feel like she's kind of come up a bit short. Even like the Rome semi final when she was having a good run on clay, Kalanina got off a little lightly there. It didn't feel like Kudamitova totally showed up to the party, a little bit ropey from the back of the court. That's always the feeling I get with her, actually, when she's not on form. It doesn't feel like she's that solid, to be honest. So to see her this week in Tokyo, kind of totally ripping those expectations to shreds, um, yeah, I was pretty surprised. Maybe it helps that it's that hot, I guess, Nick. Maybe, you know, the the serve, you know, she has got a good serve, genuinely. Um, and it's a little quicker. The, the course sort of high bouncing. That, that certainly probably helped her serve plus one percentages and stuff. Uh, but overall, I, honestly, just seeing how sort of composed she was from the back compared to the US Open when she lost to Pera, um, yeah, big turnaround. But uh, Nick, I don't know how I don't know how excited I would get for her. Career. Oh, look, you know we mean? know like Kudamatova is a solid top twenty player, has been for a couple of years. Um, I think she broke top ten briefly, or came very darn close. No, she um, did. She did. She was top yeah, ten. Did, yeah, that, yeah, last yeah. year. So she's, you know, she is, she is up there. So she is one of those players who's like super consistent, mm. um, or at least she will will get some good results throughout the year. Um, yeah, yeah, usually when and like when she's on is really good. As you say, maybe when she's not on, she struggles with her uh, like any a B game, um, a little bit. I mean, actually, what you were saying about her year. It kind of reminds me of Sakari's year in many ways, given that, yeah, very similarly, Sakari performing in sort of anywhere except uh, except the slams, apparently. Yeah, good um, point. Very good key point. difference here being it's a 500 weather run of 1,000. Yeah, I would agree with that, 100%. It feels like every time Sakari's really had to step up, she's she's kind of come up short, and then they've had the odd result that's actually, you know, they could be pretty happy with, but it's not what they're ultimately aiming to achieve. So I don't really think much has changed in the Kudermetova landscape, really. Um, despite the fact that this has been a, it's a very good title run, it was a very strong field. And obviously the win against Iga is always a win against Iga, even if, um, actually we'll talk about that in a second. Uh, it's still a good win against Iga and the win against Pagula particularly. Jess had been on such a run, I, I, she barely was dropping games in her, in her matches. And then, this was actually a really good performance. I was very, very impressed. She barely dropped any points on serve. 
uh, super tidy. So nonetheless, Nick, my point is I, I just don't think much changes. That's all. Yeah, but maybe she got a bit of a boost from that eager win. Um, actually, like I said, a win against eager is a win against eager. And uh, however, she, however she got it, and that probably gave her a lot of confidence. I mean, obviously she she outlasted Pavlyuchenkova, and then looks like she kind of gritted out and took control of the final against Pagula. Yeah, uh, really. Which is Pagula's a hard player to do that against if she's on. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, Pagula's been having an amazing year, and the peaks have been so high. And actually, there's not been many lows, so I, I thought that was going to be a win for sure for. For Pugula, so it was a very impressive win. Yeah, um, I I thought she was on for it. Um, I thought she was going to be having a, on for a very good Asian swing. Hopefully, this result doesn't knock Pagula back too much. Uh, yeah. Really, which it shouldn't do. She's usually really consistent. She backs she bounces back pretty solidly. I mean, look at that that Wimbledon loss that she had against Van Drusheva could have crushed her, and she bounced straight back and won Canada. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So she's fairly resilient. She's going to be a contender in Beijing for sure. Yeah, I, I would agree with that definitely. Yeah, you know, at least the, the sort of smaller tier tournaments definitely, you know, right up there is, is um, one of the favourites. The the win against Iga, what did you think about that, Nick, in terms of Iga's side of the story, I guess? Okay, I didn't watch the match. I still haven't watched the match. Um, I kind of got all I need to know from seeing the statistic of 50 unforced errors. Yeah. Um, which, that was just a bad day at the office for Sviantec. Uh, I think from talking to a few people, it seemed like she stabilised it in the second set and then had one bad game in the third and couldn't quite get back into it um, from that point. It was a disastrous first set, right at the ship, and then one bad game um, kind of caused it to spiral, which I think there was another loss that was fairly similar to that early in the year. Uh, might have been the Wimbledon, actually. Who's still at Wimbledon? Um, she lost to no. It's not coming back to me. Who was it? Remind me. Um, Svitolina. Svitolina. So it was. Yeah, it was Svitolina. Because yeah. that was a that was a bad. That was not a good first set for Miga. And then she kind of scrapped scrapped it back, and then just didn't have enough in the third to stop the Svitolina um, momentum. And Svitolina played very very well on that day. And hey, Kudrabatova clearly played well as well. But um, yeah, it was a bad day at the office. But. I kind of saw it coming after the kind of the win against um, Misaki Doi uh, for Iga. Like, she clearly wasn't comfortable. Um, like, there were definitely some lapses. Um, and I was wondering whether going into this, whether how good, how well she'd perform on the Asian courts given how fast they are. And I'm wondering if the court speed had a lot to do with it. Um, that would be, and maybe humid conditions don't favour her. So, um, but yeah, there seems to be a pattern at the minute where she's running into someone of like, uh, it, she, maybe she's experimenting a little bit. I don't know. So maybe um, it, would... It, it, it would be the right time to do it, Nick. You know, yeah. it's like the end of the year, rejig a few things, maybe take some time off even. Um, mm. You know, she's probably been hearing to the umpteenth degree that she needs to fix her serve. Yeah. Um, so I'm sure she is working on that, but it's just so hard when you're actually day in, day out on the tour having to actually play players over and over again and and I mean every loss she's had recently that's generally been the problem not mm. able to win any free points off the serve then the first serve starts to get attacked if your first serve starts to get attacked you know you've got you've got some spot serving issues for sure problems flattening out um I I I, I again I don't think we've learned anything new I do just think I would confirm 
that maybe Iga is getting found out a little bit. That was the case before this week. Um, I do think that's fine. That's just Iga. You know, she she always knew she would have to come up with something new eventually. Uh, and that's why she's been working on her serve, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, but she's not quite there. I don't. I honestly don't even think she's like. Well, that's not any anything crazy, Nick. But she's not like top two power rankings, right? Would you agree with that? Is that a little bit mental? Uh, Beijing for the entire tour. See, you're reluctant, but I, I'm, I'm backing that. I am backing that. Yeah. I, I, I wouldn't put a top two for Beijing. Uh, not on form right now. For entire tour, I think she gets um she's she gets the wins under her belt um to make me think that she can get them uh, the momentum back. I need to say thanks to Jean for correcting me on the player that she struggled with, which is on Hontama, not Doi. I got the wrong Japanese player. Um but um yeah that was I, I think that in t- it's a bad patch. It's kind of reminding me of that kind of Wimbledon to Cincinnati 22 period that she had, where there was a little bit of a lull, like that that Hontama match, very similar in many ways to the uh, Kakofa match that she had at Wimbledon that year, where she was taken to three sets by someone who had no business taking her to three sets. Um, and uh, Hontama sort of, for, you know, don't want to discredit her, but she... Um, she's not a player that I would have expected eager to to end up getting broken five times by. Um, yeah. And I I just think maybe it's just a season where she's not uncomfortable. I think a, a break is needed. Um, she's going to try and go for the WTA finals, but I think she's just hit, she's hit a bad patch. Seems to be, um, it happens um, for a lot of players. And um, I think she'll be back. So in terms of your kind of, I say to you, in terms of power rankings, if you're asking me to predict Eager to win titles right here, right now, no. Do I think she'll be back winning titles in 2024? Yes. Yeah, yeah, that's the same thing. Exactly the same thing. I agree. Like, so she'll she'll come back. And on, honestly, she's one of those players that's base level is still pretty high. It's starting to get a little bit rockier, though. I don't know. It's starting to get 50 unforced errors is not a stat you'd see ever in the Eager Schwantic, you know match history she's always had a history of overhitting when stressed um 2021 eager did that a lot i found um she did it a little bit there were a couple of matches in 2022 where that happened um but yeah i i still think it's not it shouldn't detract from she's gone from having an incredible season to a good season yeah um and That's, that's definitely fair Sometimes that drop, but like I need to check. I think uh, the last time I checked, her win percentage on tour was still in the mid 80s, which is ridiculous. I wonder what her win percentage is off of clay, though. Off of clay, good yeah. point. But then she didn't have a great clay season this year. Well, she won the French, but she won uh, the French, I... but she didn't win anything. She won Stuttgart. Um, yeah, I know. She, she, no, I think she did. I mean, when she got to the final yeah. in Madrid and. Um, she pulled out. It's, it's not like again a twenty twenty two clay season where she was unbeaten on the surface. Yeah, yeah. I I I need to find out now because I I do want to know. I I do feel as though Iga's hard court record. This is what I'm saying about her getting found out. People are starting to rush her. They just go big off of the first ball. There's just no need to. Yeah, she's she's eighty four percent for the year at the minute. 
And then um, on hardcore, she is actually she's not bad, Nick. To be fair, <laughs> yeah, Egon bad, from, I think fair. she's more vulnerable and hard to compare to Clay. But like you yeah. said, the same thing about Rafa, right? Um, yeah. So he was still pretty, like you know, yeah, you could say that he got found out on hard by Djokovic or someone like that. But yeah. he still won the vast majority of those ones. She is actually eighty percent on hard. So yeah, there you go. Um. Yeah. So, and, and that's the thing, you know. I think people are underrate match wins. To be honest, and just winning the, just getting the grind of day in day out. It's why people underestimate Pagula so much. Yeah. Um, she's someone who, yeah, she'll win matches against pretty much anyone until she's playing someone who's having a great, a great day, or she's not quite on her game. Uh. So, so yeah, I think I don't think anyone should be raising alarm bells for either player right now. Yeah, um, and I've never, you know, Kudamatova is a player who we've talked about before has her limits, but is also one of those. She's a legitimate top twenty player, broken to the top ten on merit, um, and has some. You know, she. I would say anyone who can win five matches in a row at five hundred level or above is a player that should be taken seriously at any tournament. I mean, yeah. I, I She beat good players this week. Like, she seriously did. You know, Iga, Pagula, and Pavicenkova, who was yes. on a, a big power-hitting run of form. I mean, yeah, I, I totally agree. I do agree. So, I, 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 although I'm playing her down her chances and I feel like nothing's changed, mm. um, she does have that peak. She, that peak exists. Unlikely to happen for seven matches in a row. I don't think we've had much evidence of that, but mm. it does exist. So she's one of those players you can't totally count out. Yes, yeah. completely agree with that. Um, yeah, what else happened? Like, yeah, um, what else happened in Tokyo? I mean, obviously, yeah, Pavli Chanka for making the semis. Uh, great result for her um, coming back to the tour. She's, you know, another one of those good WTA comeback stories. Um, she's going to be dangerous for a bit. Yeah, for sure. Uh, this was it was this week that it was the performance by drama, wasn't it? Was it not? Yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we can talk about that. I, I talked about that with Miles a little bit last week. I'm not against them, to be honest. Yeah. I think it's worth trying out. Um, it's not like the players who got the performance buys didn't necessarily win the tournaments. Um, yeah. And and I've seen some people saying, "Oh, just schedule them later." But they're they're in different parts of the draw. It's a nightmare. Yeah. Um because then you have to kind of correct the draw. So, yeah, I'm okay with the idea of performance buys. Um, if it gets people kind of playing week, week in, week out on sort of like a more Grand Prix-style tour, yeah, give it a go. Yeah. I I, I don't know. I, I, I like the concept of them. I just feel they're kind of a, a little unfair. I know why Rabakina was, you know, angry in principle. But I, I do also know, as everybody pointed out, you know, she's been aware of this for a very, very long time. And she, you know, it's not like it was a surprise. It's not just been sprung upon her. But the the, the actual logic of it kind of doesn't ring true with me. I, I do feel like if you're number three in the world, you deserve that number three in the world by, regardless of whether or not you've played a tournament before. And all this does, well, it doesn't just encourage just playing more tournaments, but it does a wee bit and not really something we need to see in the tour right but they need to probably need to see a, a lessening of the calendar rather than a stacking of the calendar 
Um, so I, I don't know. I, I I'm kind of on the fence. Like I'm not as for it as other people, but I'm, I'm not I'm not totally against it either. Yeah, I wouldn't. Um, yeah, it's it's basically something like when they suggested it, no issue with trying it. Basically, if they try it and the players hate it and it doesn't actually work, um, it doesn't actually provide much of a benefit to the players who are flying across, then they won't do it. Um, yeah. It doesn't seem to be interfering too much with the results of draws yet. Obviously, let's see how Beijing goes, but. I'm not expecting it to, to be honest, any, any more than any other buy. Yeah. Um, Sakari snuck another semi, by the way. I don't know if that's a yeah. talking point, but it's just like straight off the title immediately. I was quite impressed yeah. with that. It, and another one over Garcia as well. She's kind of turning that rivalry around. Yes, um, of course. Yeah, yeah. Um, although Garcia, obviously, I'm sure most people will be aware of that in chat, but her season hasn't been... Her season actually hasn't been great, whereas Kudimitova, I was like, it's not been that good. And then you look at the results, and actually, she's got a lot of wins. Garcia is seriously struggling for wins. Um, yeah, yeah, it's, it's been yeah. She's cold. very much on a one, one or two wins, and then she goes out tight. Yeah, yeah, maybe exactly. it's not Muguruza levels of bad. Yeah, in terms of losing streaks and whatnot, but. Well, she obviously had that semi, didn't she? Um, was it a semi? She played yeah, Guadalajara. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, which is a big result. But uh, other than that, that's it's basically been the only result the entire year. So yeah, I think she like it kind of all felt. Didn't she get to a final in Leon or something, and then she lost to Parks? Yeah, yeah, she did. Which yeah. I should, that makes me sound like I'm dissing Parks. Parks is a very, very good indoor player, and she was having a pretty good few months. And having watched her live, her serve is scary. But yeah. so if it, it was firing, then yeah, very few people will have a chance. But it just doesn't happen very often. So, um, John with the stats there, by the way, uh, with only one top 30, thirty-one the whole season. That's poof. That is bad. That's no good. So fair enough. Um, yeah, she's just she's lost a lot of confidence. Definitely a confidence player. Obviously, a lot of feel, a lot of just like. You know, have to get up there, be confident, take the return, literally from like an inch away from the service line. Um, yes, it's pretty tough. So hopefully she finds it. She's fun to watch when she is on. So hopefully she finds a bit for him. I, I would love to see Garcia playing well again. But going back to Sakari, it kind of, this week kind of underlines what I was thinking before, which is Sakari's problem uh, might be more to do with her opponents than to do with herself because she won Guadalajara and she did a really, really good job and she was the best player all week and she beat some good players. Um, but she is having trouble beating the very best players and has been showing that in the last sort of year and a half. And that result against Pagula kind of highlighted that um, where, and, and it's been it's been the same since, you know, she's had a good, she, she'll have a really good tournament. She'll go deep, semi-final, final. She'll run into a Sviantec or a Sabalenka or a Pagula or a Goff. And then, she just doesn't have an answer. Um, and uh, yeah, it just kind of highlights that Sakari is a very, very good player, sort of Rublev-esque, but doesn't have a, it hasn't demonstrated um, a consistent ability to challenge at the top. You know, she can, but mm-hmm. um, usually that's where her ceiling is. Yeah. Uh, although I, I know we're kind of going back to stuff from last week, wee bit, but I do feel like Guadalajara genuinely might actually start to change things a little. Well, I um, hope so. Yeah, I thought Pagula played a good match this week. I don't think Sakharov and Ervi particularly. Um, 
but as much as usual, I'm sure there'll still be some nerves. I think I think things will change subtly, not not explicitly. I I just think there'll be the odd semi-final where she's just a little bit more confident than she used to be. I don't think she's just going to win every title now, I think, but um, or win every semi-final. I guess she plays, but I do think the record's going to start to even out a little bit. I would say that. I'm here for that. Yeah. I'm here for that. I would love to see that, and um, I would be very. Uh, I would be supportive of of Sakari doing that. I just, as I said, yeah, as you said, she didn't play badly in that semi final against Pagula. It's just Pagula was the better player and arguably seemed to execute that kind of game style a little bit better. But Pagula was having a good week, so you've got to take that into account as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, um, with yeah, I was going to say, is there anything from Tokyo you wanted to touch on before we talk about Ningbo? Um. Nothing else comes to mind. Nope. I, I would go straight on to Ningbo. Ningbo, right. Well, the headline from Ningbo is suddenly Anjabur has got her season back on track with a title, having had a little bit of a um Apache season after um sort of the US hardcourt swing where I think she she dealt with an injury issue. Um but suddenly storms takes a wild card and storms to a 250 title in Ningbo. Um, and it now has titles on all three surfaces. Wow, I didn't realise that actually. I didn't. Yeah. Re- I, I, I should have. I, I would have guessed that actually. If you'd asked me if she'd won a title on hard courts, I would have said no, probably. Um, I, my thing with Jabour. I'm sorry if you've heard this stick before, Nick. But my thing with Jabour is, I always felt like on a hard court, she was so out of her element so often you know she wouldn't be able to play the game she wanted to play just given the surface is so true so if you slice right you don't get all these funny funky bounces you just get a a pretty predictable kind of lowish bounce but it's attackable she can't play all that kind of touchy-feely finessey stuff Uh, and so often that was just evening the playing field against really good players uh, who could hit the ball big bigger than Jabur. Um, she's got and she's got the flattest forehand ever. It's just so like she literally just slaps it into the court, which is why when she's under pressure, so often you see that forehand going a bit loose. With all that said, though, with all that said, this year was a t- say a week even was a very very tidy set of matches. One that has seriously got me hyped for Jupiter actually, um, and because everything I've just said there would point to me not believing she could win five matches in a row on hard courts, which is true. Um, so I, I'm going to have to eat my words. I know the US Open happened, but honestly, I thought that was one of the scrappiest runs to a final I've ever seen. And credit to Jabur, she, she you know, she kind of got through just by pressure, uh, dealing alone, basically. She dealt with pressure so much better than all of her opponents. Um, but this this week was like, she was solid. She was using her serve well. She just looked like a really polished top 10 player which I don't see that often about Jabir on a hard court. So, yeah, um, yeah I, I really, I was very happy with the performance. Like, she really showed her mettle. I, I, I only saw the final. Um, uh, but what, yeah, but that was vintage Jabir, that performance, because everything was just firing um, in yeah. that match. She didn't really put a foot wrong. Um, Schneider, Schneider um, did a good job of trying to press, but um, like if your if your opponent's playing like the way Jabir was playing, there's not a lot you can do. Um, yeah, and 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 for Jabir to pull off that kind of performance on a hard court, as as you say, she 
doesn't get the funny bounces that kind of benefit her in the same way. Yeah, that's that's pretty good. And she's she's got it's going to be nice to get her confidence back considering she's been under a little bit of pressure to qualify for the WTA finals. Yeah. Um, I, 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 how much does the WTA finals qualification play into people's players' heads though, I suppose, Nick? That's, I don't know. I was just, Only they can tell us that. And I'm not entirely sure they tell us the truth. Yeah, I, I also, I'm not sure they tell us the truth. I don't think they're that fussed about that. You know, they take every match one at a time. It's, it's not really an issue. You also, if you're winning a 250, how much of a dent is that going to make to your chances of reaching the WTA finals? You know, it's not massive. Um, I don't know. I don't know if she'll be too worried about that. I, I, I do think she's just worried about gaining form, you know, putting Wimbledon behind her, really picking herself up, trying to find a kind of new lease of life on the tennis court, enjoying her tennis as we've parted at the US Open. Um, but she was quite injured at the US Open, actually, in fairness to her. Um, so that was maybe a little bit of a... Yeah, um, she should not have got as far as she did at the US Open. Yeah, yeah. Um, there was stuff going on under the surface there. So um, that was a little bit of an exceptional circumstance. But um, yeah, no, she's she still... Yeah, Nick, that, the point still stands. After Wimbledon, she 100% wants to find some way to kind of gain a little bit of confidence again. And this is this was pretty massive. And that's going to do a lot for her... Um, in Beijing as well. Um, do you want to talk about Schneider, Dana Schneider, obviously making her first WTA final. Um, obviously, she um, made has made a big impression on people this year. I think was it this year she beat Sakari in Australia. Was it Sakari she beat? She, she got a big win in Australia. And she came or, close to beating Sakari. I think I, I don't think she quite beat her, but I, I do know the match. You mean? Yeah, um, like she, I, brought people on people's radars. Oh, she's good. Um, yeah. And yeah, and Schneider had a good week. And she beat um, Kvitova in three um, in quarters, demolished Kvitova in the semis. Looked like she wasn't afraid of Schaber. She was trying things. Yeah, um, yeah. I, I think Schneider's maybe starting to show a little bit of what I uh, show a little bit that 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 um, us talking about her after that Sakari match isn't overhyped. Yeah. Um, I th- my lasting impression of Schneider is Schneider. I'm not sure either, Nick. I'll, mm. We'll have to go on the WTA website to check, obviously. Um, unless the yeah, pronoun- you're there, can you check how to pronounce the loser of the Guadalajara final for me? <laughs> I'm not sure I can promise you that, Nick. Um, <laughs> Schneider, the lasting impression I've got this is more anecdotal, sorry, this might not be interesting, but um, she went out to Anna Brogan in Wimbledon qualifying, who is mm-hmm. a good friend of mine from. Uh, our tennis club um, oh, at yeah. New Orleans. So there you go. So I, Schneider's just proven that Anna's got game, <laughs> basically, <laughs> I guess, rather than neither of them having game, of course. No, Schneider is um, like class player, loads and loads of latent power, um, very tough to, to stifle. One of those players that Shabur, you know, would be looking to disrupt, did a really good job of it, didn't get too overawed or anything. As you say, actually, Schneider did a good job of trying to then change stuff up. She didn't just keep imploding. Um, but, yeah, quite exciting to see what she'll be able to do. De- definitely one of those players has just got kind of raw power. We'll see how far she can take that. You know, There's a lot of players like that that, that can't put it together week in, week out, right, um, that are coming up, I would say. So, Nick. Who would you say is the player who's, who or are players who have been the ones who best managed having raw power because we've seen so many examples on the WTA tour of people who have it and when it comes yeah. together it's brilliant and then the rest of the time 
It's just, but it's, it's it's just not consistent. I think I've got one name in my mind I can think of that's really only manifested this year. Um, oh, okay. Oh, like up and comer. Sorry. No, no. Like no, someone who has raw power who's been able to properly harness it. Well, probably I would I would have said Rebecca, but who who are you thinking of? Sabalenka. Well, one or the other, yeah, exactly. But then also the US Open came to mind as soon as I thought of Sabalenka. I was like, that's the opposite of harnessing your power, I guess. It was a little loose. But no, you're totally right. I mean, Sabalenka, Rebecca are the two players yeah. I, I think of every time. It's a little easier when you're you're pretty tall, though, to be fair. You know, those players that have latent power that are a bit smaller and, you know, kind of able to pack a punch despite their size are probably more interesting. Schneider's not that tall. Um, so that's you know quite a good example of that, and neither is Kuder Matova actually. She's a really good example of that this this week. You know she's like five eight and her serves a proper bomb at times. It's, it's really really good. Um, so no, I I think Schneider's gonna have potential for good movement along with good power, and sometimes that can be you know an, an amazing combo. I'd like to know what height Noskova is. Because I feel like Noskova's like power peak. Is like really, really exciting, but yeah. it, maybe she struggles to move around the court. I don't know. I, I've not watched quite enough of her matches yet, but just I know. Noskova's five foot ten. That's quite tall. That's quite tall. Yeah, yeah. So that, that's yeah, a so, li- that's a little harder to get around the court, I guess. Yeah, um, she, she. I mean, I watched her play Ostapenko in Birmingham live, so you can imagine the kind of power on display from both. I mean, it was it was one of my favourite matches to watch live. It was just bonkers. And I think Ostapenko found it a little bit frustrating. Oh, and they, they play each other tomorrow. Which there you is- go. <laughs> um, yeah, that'd be exciting. Cool. Yeah. Uh, which is interesting. Which, you know, we, we can bring us to Beijing, which is already underway. We've pretty much covered the, f- the first round's pretty much done. Um, I'm going to have to get the uh, draw up here, Nick. Hold on. I've got the draw up. Um, first round's pretty much done. A um, few interesting moments um, already. Uh, okay, there's not. we haven't got all the first rounds done. So Zhang Chinwen is playing Elena Rabakna in round one. That's a blockbuster. Um, that's nice. still yet to be played. And then, oh yeah, actually a lot of the second half, there's section three of the draw. How has that happened? Mm-hmm. Is this just like a mental, like... Set of seeds is just like the top. It's just a mental set of seeds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jesus, that's pretty unlucky. (laughs) It's it's sixteen seeds of one thousand, and Zhang Chinwen is just outside the top sixteen. I think she's just dropped. She's either just in or just out of the top twenty. This this is also a I I I really hadn't thought about performance buys affecting lower ranked players. It was just coincidence that Zachary and Garcia got their performance buys for the previous tournament at four and five in the world. I'm seeing, of course, Kudimitova with a performance by seeded yeah. 16th. And then somebody like Koko Goff, seeded third, has to play Alexandrova in the first round. <laughs> so I, I do kind of, this is where the injustice starts to really kind of rear its head. I, I feel like that's pretty harsh, <laughs> honestly. And Iga as well, played well, Suriba is horrible, but you know. So, yeah, it depends which Suriba's Thomas shows up, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think it depends what Iga turns up. I think Sariva's turmoil will give you the same ball every day of the week, basically. But which either. you know wouldn't necessarily be a bad thing for Iga to have some consistent, uh, consistent ball pace. Yeah. Um, Actually, I'm looking at this. Yeah, other first round matches still to play: Kruger against Schubert, who didn't get a performance by despite winning Ningbo. Um, Why? Because clearly Tokyo is more important. 
Ah, this is interesting. So what's the point in a performance buy if you don't give it to people who win tournaments? Uh, clearly, clearly, like, obviously Ningbo, I don't know how what geog- geographically how far Ningbo is from Beijing. Um, um, but obviously yeah. Tokyo, you have to get on a plane, change countries. But I think it is genuinely the 500, 250 difference. That's, that's no, I'm not, no, I'm not liking that. I'm not sure about that, Nick. This is, this is going to become a can of worms that, I'll open up at the in a few weeks or something. I need to have a bit of time to process this. The ins and outs. It's a bit harsh. Um, Jack, we're live. You need to process this now. <laughs> well, my gut reaction is it's un, it's unjust, unjust, even unjust, injustice. It's unjust. <laughs> <Really? like. laughs> I'm not feeling it. I don't like the sound of it at all. I've just seen the fact that Kudumitova skipped the queue, and. Well, even Pavlyuchenkova, in fact, unseeded Pavlyuchenkova. Yep. That makes way more sense. Yeah, that's and she's playing Andreeva, of course, as we're seeing in the chat. Uh, Who, yeah, Krajikova, pretty comfortably. Yeah, six two six two. Is, is she suddenly Krajikova's kryptonite? What is it about Andreeva's game that Krajikova doesn't like, or does she keep getting Krajikova on a bad day? Nah, I'd be tempted to go with the latter. I think, could, yeah, could she give it even our best? Is Scary good, right? But I don't think we've seen her at her best for this year, almost. I can't remember oh. the last good results she had. Sam, she won Dubai. She won Dubai, Dubai. Dubai was really good, yeah. That was yeah. the Yeah, yeah. But then that was like after that. You know, the San big, Diego four, was a the good big four rumours kind of... Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah, sorry. I completely forget about San Diego. But that, that was like totally out of nowhere. It was like, what happened? And then just kind of went away again, maybe. I mean, if you're losing two and two to anybody, it's, yeah. Mm-hmm. That's, that's pretty convincing. I mean, let's face it. Let's see how Andreeva's career works out. That might end up being a good result in a cut in about ten years. You never know. Um, yeah. uh, uh, but still, yeah, losing to a sixteen-year-old is not great. And Andreeva Pavlyuchenkova might be interesting because I think they know each other quite well. At least judging okay. by Kasakina blog. Um, okay, okay, blog. Kasakina blog. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, yeah. She, hasn't, she hasn't done one since the US Open, but um, I found it. A much more engaging behind the scenes look at tennis than Breakpoint pulled off. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, fair, fair. I mean, not too difficult. I could give you a more engaging look at tennis <laughs> just sitting here now. Just, just, we should just have a camera on you with you sat in Liam Brody's box at Wimbledon. That'll just done the trick. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. There were some good shots there. I think that, yeah, 100%. Like, um, a few of the other results as well, actually. Just, uh, I, I'm seeing that. Uh, Sabalenka was able to get a revenge over Kenan. Well, I still think that Kenan win more than that huge. Like I, I actually, I actually rate Kenan's year. I think she's had some really good wins, but I don't rate that win. I, I don't. I, I think Sabalenka was absolutely knackered in Rome when she lost like straight sets to Kenan. Um, nonetheless, for all the people who've been like talking about it, like oh my god, Kenan beat the world number two in the world, uh, the world number two even. Um, this is a nice bit of revenge. One and two. Sabalenka's on form. Probably looking like the favourite, Nick, I would say. Yeah, I I agree. I wasn't sure how Sabalenka would be post-US Open, but she's bounced back and she loves it in Asia. Obviously, she she broke through in Asia, so I win titles very early in her career in 2018, 2019 um, at this level. Uh, yeah, I think she's just shown she's the overwhelming title favourite here, I think. Yeah, I think so. Seeing my fave, Sam Sonova was able to beat Usher Parks as well. Yeah, because Sam Sonova was having a patchy time. Uh, yeah, again, kind of similar to Kuchiki, but obviously she made the final of... Um, yes. The final uh, Canada. Canada, of course, yes, sorry. Yeah. Pagula, yeah. 
blending into one. Yeah, it, so the, I mean that that was obviously a big result as well. She did kind of find a wee bit of form there. Um, I still am. Are, are we going to do the Sam Sonova chat? I'm still pretty big on Sam Sonova. I, I still, I still, I think you should be. yeah, I, I'm not coming down. <laughs> like, I'll stand my ground. I think she'll, she's going to do something in the next 52 weeks. If she's just got such a big game, it's like, yeah, I think so too. Like, you don't win Berlin in the way she did in 2022. Um, yeah, or no, 21, 21. Um, without nothing being there, you don't win, uh, you don't get to the final in Canada. The way she did, yeah, um, big player, big players. That week, I mean, it was yeah. good, very, very strong run. Like on her, she has a good week. She's unstoppable. She's brilliant. Um, yeah. uh, I rate Sam Sonova maybe not as highly as you, but I think she is a. I, I would not be surprised with her winning a big title at all. Yeah, um, and I felt like that for a little while, but I think I'm starting to feel a little bit crazy, and I feel like I've been on her for quite a while now, so. I'll stick, but it's going to get crazy and crazy. Let's see what happens. Way. She's got to get through Kvitova next, which actually, let's face it, she's Kvitova is, um, you never know what you're going to get. Um, but I could see, yeah, she, she's got a tough section. She ha- might have to get through Jabur and Pagula to get to the semis, but, you know, these kind of conditions um, help her. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I would say so. She's um, also secretly, like, one of the fittest players on tour for sure like uh, everything i've seen from behind the scenes and stuff she's but then i'm sure i'm sure most of them are like that to be fair but i more mean she's she's pretty well equipped to deal with the heat when other players are quite prone to welting which is actually a big um benefit you know there's not many players who can handle the heat literally um as well as sam sonova so maybe maybe i'm getting very big on her this week nick um, go on, sorry. What were you going to say? I was going to say, like, I think you you should be big on her. Um, have you seen, by the way, the the net cord that happened in the Eva Lise Yelena Ostapenko match? Yeah, I have. I have. That was. Uh, I was. I, yeah. It could, it could only happen to Ostapenko as well, right? It's like <laughs> I, that was going out, and it was going yeah. a mile out. It was like almost in the almost on like the doubles tramline line, right? It was like really, really far away from the line. Yeah, it's very mm-hmm. funny. And but, that's such a typical Ostapenko reaction, right? So look at the, why is life so unfair? I know, yeah. <laughs> I just feel like that's that's what she thinks. It's like, why is life so unfair? I know, yeah, yeah. Why am I not winning every point? Um, but so that, that that gif of the um, the umpire showing Ostapenko how far out the the ball was. Have you seen that before, Nick? I think I have. Yeah, you must. You will have. You will have. I'm yeah. not just describing it particularly well, but. It's very funny. It's very funny. I I remember. Um, I think I don't know if I've told the story in the stream before. Um, when I was at Birmingham, um, and I was watching the final, um, Ostapenko Krajikova, and I was sat next to the partner of one of the line judges, um, and she's not an Ostapenko fan because of her attitude towards calls and line judges yeah. and whatnot. <laughs> and uh, yeah, she. Um, yeah, I remember. Yeah, that this person was. Uh, yeah, kind of, yeah, not supporting any Ostapenko winners whatsoever. Um, did concede that Ostapenko did behave herself a bit in that match, but um, yeah, and didn't uh, and didn't argue with their partner, <laughs> which I think was probably what she was mainly worried about. Yeah, uh, geez, oh. 
Yeah, fair, fair. I, I mean, I was to think it was pretty line um, umpirist, so I think, <laughs> I think that's fair enough <laughs> to be against her. Apparently, I need to stop talking about Birmingham. Um, <laughs> so I will, I will do as I'm told. Uh, but there's still some really, really good matches. It's just, yeah, I'm cursing the time zone at the minute with uh, with Beijing. Yeah, it's, but hey, it's, it's all catch up with us, so it's their turn. It's all catch up for me, Nick. Yeah, so no live tennis really, but. Um, if the match is worth tuning into, I'll, I'll get it on. Certainly, Kiveva, Samsonova could have some good results or some some highlights. A lot. I, I will say, if we're talking about players who struggle in the heat, Kiveva's not the greatest, to be honest. Um, so maybe that'll be a damp squib. Ostapenko, Noskova, obviously, we were talking about that. Plenty of firepower promise there. Um, I'm not sure how big we should be on Fruvitova at the moment. Sakari Fruvitova might not give the fireworks to Pence. Both players are feeling to be fair, and uh, we'll see, Nick. Yeah, I Fruvitova is one of those players I'm struggling to kind of place at the minute. Um, mm. because obviously she, she she impressed a lot over the last sort of winning the title last year. Um, and uh, I can't really think she got a decent result at one point as well. Uh, I think was it this year she got to the Indian Wells fourth round, or was it last year? Mm. Um, no, okay. You know it was. It was. Sorry, it was this year. Yeah, yeah, it was this year. Like she's getting some good results, but I can't. Whenever I've watched her, I can't work out how big her game is because yeah. she doesn't seem like that big a hitter. But then you actually watch her and like, oh, maybe she is. Yeah, bit tough to suss. I know what you mean. Yeah. Um, anybody else you're big on this week? Are you feeling like? <sighs> well, I was big on Pagula until she lost to Kudermetova, um, mm. but. Again, Pagula always bounces back, so um, I'm still I'm still going to back her to have a decent result. Um, otherwise, I'm not sure. I was a little. I, I think I'm interested to see how Coco Goff does. This is obviously her first match post US Open. Um, Alexandra is a tough draw. Um, that's going to depend on which Alexandra turns up. It's still a little bit, you know. It's almost an understatement. So as hard as it could have been, there's not many unseeded players that. Get harder than Alexander. Yeah, it's literally about those two, right? There's a bit. I would say that's the toss-up between those two. Maybe no. Honestly, I'm looking at the rest of the draw. I would say those two are the hardest. So she's got pretty unlucky. There. And they both ended up playing like drawn with top players. I know. Yeah, yeah. So pretty rough for sure. Maybe felt- maybe would have said Vekic before she lost last week in emphatic fashion. Yeah, it's weird since we started getting big on Vekic, she's not done as well. Yeah, she can. We need to calm the hype down for her to find herself again. I think so, yeah. She's went off the boil. Everybody was big on her at Wimbledon, but I suppose she lost the, the, the eventual champion. So maybe well, she that was that Berlin run. Yeah, yeah, I think that's what everybody was pretty high on, right? So um, we'll see. Yeah. Um, I mean, Jean is saying that Alexandra would beat Coco 646 Love in Berlin. Um, I would say, although they are some of the faster conditions, it was a different golf. And also, um, even a fast hard court does behave differently to grass. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. Um, I'm being distracted by John's question there. Sorry, Nick. Just um, any thoughts on the coach of Kinwen going to Osaka? Um, I'm not surprised. Not because anything to do with John. Um, young at all I think you know she's she seems a perfectly pleasant person but obviously 
Wim Fassett has got this loyalty to Naomi Osaka. The only reason he wasn't coaching her because he wasn't playing. So um, maybe it's a little bit of a slap in the face for Jean Chiwen, who maybe was hoping for a more long-term relationship. But um, um, I think Osaka, uh, Naomi Osaka is probably going to want some familiarity when she hits the tour. So um, it doesn't surprise me from anyone um, involved. I just hope that um, Jean finds a coach who can continue to get the best out of her. I, yeah, I I think you know it's, it's almost like uh, I was originally like oh maybe there's some money involved, but actually it's it's probably definitely not that because if he'll move, he might not even be getting as much money. You don't know. The the point is, coaches have got to go with people that they have a bit of a connection with that they can speak to. So it's not all about just like oh you got to do this with your forehand, this with your backhand, especially at that level. You know everybody knows how to play tennis, so. There's a lot more at stake, especially, especially with a player like Naomi Osaka, who probably isn't looking for somebody to tell her, you know, do this and that in the court. It's probably more about everything else this is going on, right? She just needs somebody she can bounce off of. And um, obviously, if she's been dealing with depression off the court, coming back into the scene is probably quite likely she absolutely needs the right people around her. So I'm sure there was, you know, a lot of stuff said between her and Wimfaset before he, he made the move and eventually that seemed like the natural choice. I don't think there's... And I was just surprised that Kinwen was so shot down by it, I guess, but maybe maybe there was a bit of lost in translation there, you know, maybe it all kind of happened so quickly and when, I, I, from what I've seen, Wimfaset's a, a nice guy. So, um, yeah, obviously at the end of the day it is a business, but also if it makes sense to click, go with Naomi Osaka because you click, then just do that. I don't think there's much more to it, Nick. Definitely. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's not really touching to it. Zhang has clearly taken some of it the wrong way, but yeah, we've seen, and you're absolutely right. It's less about, you know, it's about having a great rapport. I mean, look at Tom Hill stayed with Maria Sakkari for so long um, and he can, and, you know, continues to get the best out of her um, because if um, they, they get on and they um, trust each other. And same thing seems to be developing with um, Goff and Gilbert at the minute, um, given the way she's been talking about him in press. Yeah. I think that's kind of, that, that is what you need. It's it's less about that. So, um, yeah, we'll see how it goes. But I think that's all the tennis um, that we can talk for the minute. So thanks yeah. for coming on at this late hour, Jack. Really appreciate um, talking WTA Weekly with you. And uh, yeah, I'm excited to see I think we're both excited to see what happens with uh, Beijing the rest of this week. Yeah, uh, great to talk to you, Nick. And um, yeah, the lineup's fantastic. So I'm pretty excited too. Should be good. All right. Well, let us know what you think about um, uh, the tour. I'll be back to next week to kind of run down the other big results that's happened sort of after the first round and maybe even won the tournament in Beijing. Um but we will uh, keep uh, your eyes peeled for ACP Weekly, which will be going out um, after the finals um, this week in Astana um, and the other place, which I've forgotten. Um, but I don't follow that tour very closely, so we're OK. Um, and uh, um, But yeah, keep an eye out for Marion Damon's show on Tuesday. Um, and um, I will see you next week. But until then, keep talking tennis. If you enjoyed this video, make sure you hit that like button. Don't forget to subscribe and click that notification bell so you don't miss out on all things tennis.
Sports Social Podcast Network.